Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. The only president we have, name is Joe Biden. All right. And he's talking yesterday and he says the following. MAGA Republicans in Congress are threatening to undo all this progress by letting us default on the debt unless we agree to their demands. Now, here's the key. The two are totally unrelated. Whatever you pay, whether you pay the debt or not, doesn't have a darn thing to do with what your budget is. Where are you going to spend money? How are you going to raise the money? What are you going to cut? Where are you going to? They're two separate issues. So let me get this right. Uh, I'm going to go to you first, Liz Peek. Spending has nothing to do with borrowing or debt. Nothing. Or debt has nothing to do with spending. That's what he's saying here. So I think yeah. we could be in for a cold, a long summer. I don't know. But you tell me. How do you get to where he's getting? Well, I think I think what he's saying is, uh, we can talk about the spending and the budget in September. Raising the debt ceiling is all about spending we've already approved. And I mean, that's the distinction he's trying to draw. But the problem is, I think actually not much has been said about this. And I think literally it is the case. You can't count on Joe Biden or the Democrats to come through with any kind of promises. In other words, on May 9, when they all sit down, he might say, well, look, we're going to we're going to cut spending just the way you want. But first, you have to give me a clean debt ceiling increase. There's no way Kevin McCarthy can take that back to the Republican caucus. Mm. Look at what happened with Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin made a deal with the Democrats and with Joe Biden to approve uh, the Inflation Reduction Act in return for permitting and other things he wanted in that act. And they totally took the, pulled the rug out from under him. So there is no negotiating with this crew. And you know, if if the if the uh, president had wanted to avoid this standstill, he should have allowed the Republicans to have some say in the omnibus bill that ah, passed last year. So right? therefore, spe- borrowing does have something to do with spending. Yeah. OK, that's all I'm trying to establish here. If we hadn't done the spending in the first place. And he's done <laughs> yes. whatever, five or six trillion dollars in a couple of years, which is a nice piece of change. We wouldn't be in the fix we're in or we'd be in the fix later. I don't know which. But I mean, Steve Moore, if he doesn't understand that A leads to B, we got an even bigger problem here <laughs> than I think we have. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this in the context of I remember back in um let's say 2011 when John Boehner was negotiating with Obama and I did an interview with him. I was at the wall street journal at the time. And, uh, you know, Boehner told me the story that became, you know, a, a really big headline around the country, which is Boehner asked, uh, Obama about the spending problem. And, and Obama said very famously, we don't have a spending problem in Washington. And, and that mm-hmm. became a big headline. And I, I just mentioned that incident because that's I'm what sure this is. Exactly. I'm yeah. sure that Joe Biden would say the same. What spending yeah. problem? There's right. not a spending problem in right. Washington. Uh, so here's the – but let's not bury the lead here. The most important thing is that, <laughs> as I said, that John uh, – that John uh, that um, uh, Kevin McCarthy is Time Magazine's man of the year. He is the guy who has really uh, put uh, Joe Biden in a uh, box that is collapsing mm-hmm. on him. And there's no reason for Republicans to be saying much of anything right now. First of all, Joe Biden can't even get his own Senate. 
his own Senate to pass a bill. Why yeah. is he talking about John Boehner? I mean, uh, Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans when Chucky e. Schumer can't get fifty-one votes for, let alone sixty, for any kind of thing. So, I think that uh, McCarthy should just sit back and smile politely and say, "When you got a deal, we're ready to negotiate. We passed the debt ceiling. We passed it." It's, yeah. it's the Democrats who haven't passed one. And, and just sit back, because I have never seen, I said this on your TV show the other day, I haven't seen the Republicans this unified in 30 years. By the way, here's one, Liz. Uh, this is, you write for The Hill, don't you? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. All right, so there's a headline from The Hill. McConnell warns he won't back debt ceiling increase without substantive reforms. Yeah. How about Finally. that? I mean, Finally, you, right? You know, he because fell. I, Mitch fell. He had a bad fall, which is, a, you know, <laughs> I don't wish to. And he um, he had uh, concussion therapy. All right. And he's come back better after this uh, concussion therapy. So this is terrific. <laughs> you, mean, said, you mean he, in this therapy, you think that actually worked out some kinks and now he gets it? I'm, so I'm we t- need to have spending cuts. I'm telling you, the guy's a new man. <laughs> And he's come back. No more omnibus bill. No, yeah. no debt ceiling increase without substantive reforms. I'm proud of him. Concussion you know, Larry, therapy. I, I think what's happened, and I, I think this is interesting because I think what's happened is that polling is showing Democrats and Republicans that the American people actually care hmm. about our spending. And the reason is inflation. End of story. Mm-hmm. I mean, for two or three years, that connection has been made by voters. Too much spending leads to inflation. What do we have now? We have a Fed that has ratcheted up interest rates so violently that banks are failing, all because of inflation. People get it. Inflation is a bad thing. So, frankly, I think it's high time that McConnell got on board this ship. It's taken him far too long. If we had had a little more uh, gusto out of McConnell, maybe we wouldn't have had that horrible omnibus bill. But thank heavens now, to your point, Steve, I think Republicans really are united. And isn't it ironic? Because all we heard during that whole fight over the speakership was how it was a fractious caucus. It was never going to get together on anything. Well, thank heavens, that's not true. By the way, Steve, you know, uh, I've been saying this on this show. Greg Ip, right, is not exactly a card-carrying supply sider, but Greg Ip wrote a Good piece. Yeah, I think it was yesterday, the day before, where he said, "Look at a debt deal could help solve the country's inflation problem. Spending cuts could prompt the Fed to cut interest rates sooner, easing some of the pressure on banks." I mean, that's a very good insight. And- so, Larry, can I say something about that? Because it's really you're making a very important point. And one of the smartest guys on Wall Street. Uh, Jeff Yass, who runs Susquehanna Capital and has become a billionaire because he's one of the smartest guys, he's a, a, a hedge fund manager. He has put out a statement saying if McCon- if uh, if the president were to agree to the deal mm-hmm. that Kevin McCarthy's put on the table, it's worth five trillion dollars on the stock market. Five wow. trillion. Wow. And he, wow. Said, and he said agreeing to raise the debt ceiling without spending reforms probably cuts about $2 trillion. So it's exactly the opposite, of course, is what the Biden administration is saying. Unless you give me everything yeah. I want, we're going to have a, a crash in the market. No, that if, if Biden were to say, and it would be in his own economic interest and political interest to agree 
to what McCarthy said, because he'd be a winner here. You would see a cessation of inflation. You see a big boost in the stock market. I wonder if you agree with that analysis. You're pretty good at this, too, Larry. Well, I, d- I agree with the thrust of it. I mean, I mm-hmm. and I believe that Jay Powell should be saying things like this also. Exactly. Right. Yep. Jay, and he's not. Right. And I I fault Jay no, Jay, on that because yeah, you no. and I have lived through a lot of Fed chairmen, and they've been really good on saying get down, you know, cut that spending, cut the debt, and Powell won't say that. Well, what you got here is uh, McConnell went through successful uh, concussion therapy, but Jay, <laughs> Jay, Jay Powell uh, Jay hasn't pa- had that opportunity. Jay Powell, <laughs> on the other hand, no, no, Jay Powell needs spinal surgery. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what he needs. I mean, he should come out and he doesn't have to endorse uh, McCarthy. He doesn't have to talk about that, but he should say something about what Greg Ip just wrote, for example. Uh, yeah. It would free up the Fed. It would well, make, wasn't it, it, would make, wasn't it uh, Druck, was it Druckenbill? Who was the other big Wall Street guy? Druckenmiller. Stanley Druckenmiller. He said it right. He said, you know, you're worried about this 30-foot wave that's coming, yep. and behind that is a 200-foot wave, which is called the, the debt itself. And No, it's the spending. Right. The spending. Yeah, it's and the spending. And Stanley, yep. years ago, uh, Stan Druckenmiller, who's a good friend and a very, very smart, successful guy, yep. you know, Stan years ago during that Boehner thing, I think it was during that one. Anyway, yeah. he said, look, if you pay the interest on the Treasury bond 10 days later in return for significant spending cuts, right. it's worth it. And yeah. see, that's, that's what people are missing here. Or you guys aren't missing it, but I'm saying a lot of people are missing yeah, it. Right. But if, for Joe Biden to say there's no connection between spending and borrowing is insane. And it is like Obama saying we don't have a spending problem. But um, before we take a quick break, the I, I mean, do you think anything's going to happen, Steve, at this uh, meeting on, with the Four Corners on Tuesday? The Four Corners? Um, no, I think Biden yeah. is really, uh, but but he will. I'm going to make a prediction. He is going to have to, he's going to have to make some real concessions here. Yeah. Because as I said, I mean, you know, Liz and I are at the same conference right now with a lot of these Freedom Caucus members. We're in Florida, and they, I don't know, Liz, they seem pretty committed to, you know, to taking a hard stance here. Yeah, they do. And and they're poo-pooing the idea that the world will come to a shattering right. halt if, if they don't arrive at a, a deal by June 1. I mm. think, look, the, the left-leaning media like Bloomberg, CNBC, et cetera, boy, they are calling for catastrophe and oh, uh, yeah. the end of the global system as yeah, we know as it. We know it. Um, but, uh, Larry, you have said many times, and I think it's worth remembering, there's a lot of the ways the Treasury can uh, – meet their obligations uh, without, uh, you know, tremendous heartburn uh, if in, if indeed we get to that point. I Look mean, at, I was, talk- I was talking yeah, to California ahead. about this. I mean, the way this works is, I mean, they can keep borrowing from the retirement funds forever, okay? It's civil service. It's the uh, postal workers. It's the thrift savings plan. What they're doing here, the game is uh, they are not investing into those funds. Instead, they give them a non-marketable bond, essentially an IOU, that yeah. that they will make the investment later on. And in fact, you can have a whole new market of non-marketable IOUs. I mean, we could do this forever, trillions and trillions of dollars. In effect, the U.S. government never runs out of money. So that argument is silly. But I do think... Um, Janet Yellen inadvertently did everybody a favor by putting up June 1 
whether that's true or not, and, and theoretically it's not true, as a practical matter, cash flow, it could be true. But that might force somebody to do something, right? Right now, except for Kevin McCarthy, nobody else is doing anything. So if we with next few weeks, you know, maybe maybe they'll figure out they have to do something. I don't know. But but again, I think also the polling shows people really don't think Joe Biden is up to the job. And everything in the last 48 hours, 72 hours, whatever, has really kind of amplified that again. I mean, this whole thing about saying we're going to have a big press conference. Don't worry, I'll get to your questions. And then, <laughs> oops, there wasn't any press conference. Um, you know, I think I think his his ability to actually negotiate, people are really questioning that. So I think this I think there's more riding on this for the president than they think, than he thinks, and that the Democrats think. They think they have the the high level here, I'm not sure that's true. Well, you might be going to jail in the next three weeks, this pay-for-play <laughs> thing with Ukrainian money. I mean, yeah. this gets spookier and spookier. The yeah. FBI's well. got document. I mean, I don't know. Um, anyway, let's take a break. I, none, n- it's all allegations. I will acknowledge it's all allegations. Um, when we come back, I want to talk about Ron DeSantis. His legislative session is over. He's going to formally announce for president in a week or two. We're talking to Liz Peek, and we're talking to Steve Moore. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. We're talking to Liz Peek, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and we're talking to Steve Moore, whose great radio show, More Money, follows this show. So, kids, um, uh, the legislature is done, and Ron DeSantis is going to announce for president formally, I don't know, sometime soon. Um, could be the next few days, next few weeks. Uh, I would argue he's been running. He's gone overseas and whatever. But um, he is, depending on the poll, 30 or 40 points down to Trump. The question is, how does DeSantis get back into it and does his formal announcement close the polling uh at all uh start with you steve moore what do you think well three months ago all the big money all the coke uh, network money all the club for growth money and so on was investing very very heavily on ron DeSantis. i mean uh, a couple hundred million dollars came into his uh, coffers. Um, but he's had a, a, a bad couple of months. Uh, and I say this as a fan of Ron DeSantis. I think he's been an absolutely fantastic governor. Uh, you know, what he is that the growth uh, of uh, Florida at the expense of California and New York and Connecticut and states like that has been incredible. It's the number one destination place in America. He now has the 
most sweeping school choice um, regime of any state in the United States. That's a really important issue right now, given how depraved our schools are. And so he's got a lot of accomplishments. Um, the question is whether he can kind of make the sale. I'll just say one other thing. He's a little Trumpish, you know, in his kind of smash mouth approach. And I, and I don't know if you can out Trump Trump. You know what I mean? <laughs> No. What do, what do you mean, actually? <laughs> you, know, that, you know, he's abrasive, like Trump can be, and he can, you know, he kind of stacks people in the nose. He can be, come on strong. And, you know, if people don't want Trump, I don't know if they want a kind of mini-me version of Trump, but I would defer to uh, you guys on that one. So, Liz, what should what should DeSantis do to get back into the race? Well, look, he, he let Trump sort of identify him and um, it, it kind of take pot shots at him for about a month and a half. I think that was a mistake. I think he should have started fighting back. Now he is, you know, but it, it, we all are, are sort of convinced that Trump has really made great progress. The truth is, if you look at the, got the two people's approval ratings side by side, Trump is underwater nationally by about 20 points. Mm. And this is a combination of polls. DeSantis has a positive net mm. approval rating. So, mm. you know, if the question is, how does he win the primaries? Because I think I, I don't think there's a question that he beats Joe Biden uh, in the in the general election. You I mean, mean, Bob Kennedy. I, well, yeah, exactly. That's maybe, a joke. Maybe. Just kidding. Yeah, that no, a joke. you never know. Joke, you never joke, know. joke. Uh, but by the way, it's a tremendous indictment of Joe Biden that Kennedy has got, what, 19 percent or 20 percent of the vote. I mean, it's incredible to me. Um, but but anyway, I think DeSantis is an excellent character uh, uh, candidate. He's got an incredible CV. He's got everything except he's got to figure out the primary voters. And I think if Republicans voters come around to thinking he can win, surely at some point that makes a difference. And if they're convinced that Trump can't. One thing he should do, my humble opinion, is start talking about the economy and falling yeah. real wages and inflation and stop uh, fighting Walt Disney. I agree. I mean, it, 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 I think the Disney thing has hurt him among his own yeah. supporters. He won. He got the legislation uh, to stop the, you know, up to five years old to stop talking about sex and gender in school. He won that. Now he's involved in a governance race. He needs to get back to kitchen table issues. That's what he needs to do. Yeah. And by the way, Florida gives them plenty of opportunity to do that. This is a successful state. I mean, it works and it continues to work and low taxes and low regulation. Oh, my gosh. Does he have a story to tell? Larry, you're totally right. He needs to tell that story. Steve, you have to go and tutor him. (laughs) You got to get down there and tutor him. You and Arthur, go and tutor him. We're going to. Yeah, we're gonna, we, we all will because we're going to have him in New York uh, in a couple of months, and and uh, we will for the committee one of our committee dinners. And mm. Larry, I want you to tutor him too. I mean, look, great, great record, amazing success story. I love the idea. You know, what wouldn't it be wonderful if we had a Gavin Newsom versus uh, you know Ron DeSantis, a Florida versus California, because California is a mess. I was just reading. Uh, two mile long uh, homeless encampments now in California. Mm. You don't see that in Florida. Mm. No, that's right. He just has to tell the story. That Wall Street Journal editorial, New York versus Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one place to start. And then just, you know, start attacking. I mean, instead of attacking Disney, he should be attacking Joe Biden's mismanagement yeah. of the economy. 
And it's yeah. not hard. He's got plenty of material to work with. Taxes, well, regulations, I- inflation, spending, borrowing, you know, that's what he needs to do. He can get back into the race very fast if he does that. I agree. And I think also, by the way, I think Trump looks small going after DeSantis. I think if DeSantis yeah. trained his guns on Biden, that would be a very welcome shift. Mm. And that's where the conversation should be. I, um, yeah, well, that's what I think. Uh, by the way, you know who's showing up well on the issues is uh, our friend Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, my gosh. He, he was here uh, two nights ago, yeah. uh, Larry, and he mesmerized the crowd. I Unfortunately, I was not here, but apparently, I mean, you know, he's really doing well and yeah. winning people over. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a long shot to be sure, yeah. but I must say he does have a good, a good pitch and people are really taken in by it. I think, Steve, well, on, with Vivek, who's a very bright young man, he will make a very good contribution uh, in the debates to the issues mm-hmm. discussion. He will force an, an issues discussion, which I think is a great contribution for him to make. Yeah, we also saw last night uh, at this conference um, Chris Sununu, and Sununu is fantastic, too. Mm-hmm. He, ble- he blew away the crowd. I mean, there are a lot, here's the thing. There are a lot of really, really, really good Republican governors around the country. I mean, I love Kim Reynolds. I love... Uh, the governor of, of Virginia, Gladwin Youngkin. I, I, you know, I love uh, Governor Stitt of Oklahoma. In other words, that's where the real talent pool of the Republican Party is, is with respect to uh, really talented and, and governors who've really delivered on tax cuts, on school choice, on, you know, balancing the budget, all these things that never happened in Washington. Which, uh, which conference are you at now? We Freedom are at Freedom Works conference. Yeah, oh, it, it, Freedom it, Works. We miss right. you, Larry. We can't understand why you're not here with us. Well, I I love Freedom Works. I had to politely decline due to my responsibility. You know, working <laughs> working for a living is very difficult, kids. <laughs> it really is. It's actually, but it is terrific. We've had a lot of good speakers. I just interviewed Representative Massey from Kentucky. He yep. is an awesome guy. Yep. Um, and a lot of a lot of energy in this Republican Congress. I remember when Kevin McCarthy went through his trial by fire, um, you know, everyone was so convinced that they would never get together. I think there's a lot that this Republican Congress mm-hmm. has done, including first four months. Mm. Every bill has had 72 hours for everyone to review it. Mm. You know, that hasn't happened in decades. <laughs> no, I agree. It's a good group. Uh, I think the conservative, so-called conservative push made him better, made the conference better. And I think yeah. they're going to hang tough on the debt ceiling. Anyway, yeah. you're both terrific. Liz Peak and Steve Moore. Steve Moore's radio show will follow this show. It's called Moore's Money. Thanks, kids. We will be back next weekend, everybody.